Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today, we've got a Q&A on deck that we're going to hop into here in just a second. But before we do that, I've got just a couple reminders for you guys. Number one is that there's always a link down below, lostandlifting.com backslash podcast, to where you can go and submit your questions to bring onto the show. Those questions will go directly into my inbox, and I'll make sure to shoot you back an email deep diving into that question for you. And if it's something that will be applicable to the listeners on the show, I'll also bring it on and answer the question here in depth as well. So if you're struggling with anything in your in your nutrition if you're struggling with anything in your training if you're if you're a coach and you have questions about clients or building your business or anything like that feel more than welcome to go there leave your questions and I'll make sure to personally help you with whatever you have going on and number two is I would be extremely appreciative if you guys could go down below and leave the show a rating as well as a written review like I've said this is the one way to be able to grow your podcast in the Apple ranks so that would just be very very beneficial and for all of you that have already done that I am super appreciative and thank you so much but other than that I don't really have any other announcements or anything going on, so let's just hop into the Q&A. Question number one, at what point do you think it's smart to stop tracking calories at maintenance? I like this question because I think it's important to realize that you don't have to track your intake forever. A lot of people are under that conception and full transparency. I haven't tracked macros consistently really for probably seven or eight months. Now, I definitely go through phases to where I am tracking when I have a specific goal in place, like dropping body fat, or maybe I'm trying to build muscle. I'll start tracking for a little bit of time. But once you've tracked for such a long period of time, you get to a point to where you've built the skill to understand how much you're eating, roughly. You're never gonna be as, cons- as I guess, what's the word for it? As precise when you're eyeballing the food that you're eating as you'll be when you're actually tracking it. This is why anybody that's in a fat loss phase or going through a deficit, I always suggest tracking much more tediously. And this is why whenever I'm going through a deficit phase, I always track much more tediously. But when I'm in a position to where I'm just trying to maintain where I'm at and I've made sure to fully recover from the deficits that I've been in or a client has been in, then we're in a position to where we can look at getting away from tracking and just rely more on intuition from all of the time that we've invested and the skills that we built from tracking for such a long period of time. And so the way that this really works to be able to get to a point to where you can stop tracking, there's a few things that come into play here. One is when you're dieting down in a deficit of calories, you've got to realize that the longer you diet, the the more your hormones start to play tricks on you, the more your hunger signals start to play tricks on you. When you're physically eating less calories than your body is burning consistently over a long period of time, 
your body's going to start to tell you that it's hungry more often. And after you stop eating or when you're eating, your body's not going to tell your, your brain that you're full as often. So your hunger signals are out of whack a little bit. This happens to most when dieting down. Now, we don't want to get to a point to where it's unsustainable and you're starving all the time and all you're doing is thinking about food. Then I would say you push the diet maybe a little bit too far unless you're in ex- extreme positions where like you're trying to get ready for a photo shoot, you're trying to get ready for a bodybuilding show, something like that, then hunger is going to get a lot worse. But even even not that, even if you're trying to drop down 10 to 20 pounds and you're not at extremely low body fat levels, you're still going to increase your hunger a little bit and you're going to your body's going to decrease how often it tells you that it's actually full when you're staying within that deficit over time. And so this is why it's so important to make sure that you go through a reverse diet after your deficit phase. This is where you slowly increase calories back up to get you to a point to where you're eating at your maintenance level. And what some people will do here is make the mistake after the deficit is over and you reverse dot calories back up to get you to a maintenance. This is where they just throw away tracking right off the bat and say, oh, I'm good now, I'm at maintenance, I can quit tracking. But what you gotta remember is, just because you're back to maintenance now doesn't mean that your body's fully recovered from that deficit. That takes time for your body to get back to achieving full homeostasis, to where hormones are in a really good place, to where your mental state is in a really good place, to where you're not as food focused anymore. So this is where I would say, even when you finish the deficit and you get to wherever you want to be in terms of body fat percentage, After you reverse back up, you need to continue tracking at your maintenance level of calories for anywhere from another two to six months, maybe even longer than that, depending on how long the deficit went and where your biofeedback markers are at. And when I'm talking about biofeedback markers, all I'm referring to is your stress levels, your hunger signals, your sleep. How's your sleep coming back? How are you recovering from your training sessions? Where is your energy levels at on a consistent basis. All of these things can tend to downregulate a little bit during that deficit period. This is totally normal. That's not to say that deficits are bad. It's just a part of the process. What you have to realize is that a deficit is a bit of a stress on your body, just as training is, just as work stress is, just as relationship stress is. Your body just recognizes stress, and a calorie deficit is a stress on the body. Not saying that we shouldn't do it. Some stress is a good stress, but nonetheless, it is a stress. And so you have to get to a point to where you fully recover from that stress by eating up at that maintenance level for a long enough period of time. And so this is where you track your biofeedback throughout that time where you're sitting at maintenance, continuing to track your food intake at the same time. And once you get to a point to where you feel like hunger is in a really good place, you're just, you're hungry when you actually need to eat, but you're not thinking about food all the time. And you're not, um, you're not hungry all the time. You're hungry around times where it makes sense to eat. Your stress is in a better place. You're recovering better from your training. Um, you have better energy throughout the day. Well, now you're in a point to where you fully recovered from that deficit and you've tracked for let's say anywhere from a six to 12 month period and you've been tracking up at your maintenance level of calories so you now have a really good understanding of what it looks like in a day in terms of food to maintain your weight that you're at. Now you're probably at a point to where you could start eating in more of an intuitive manner if you wanted to and still be successful with it. But if you just tried to go through the deficit, get back to maintenance level, 
and stop tracking right up front without paying attention to your hunger, hunger signals, your fullness signals, um, your stress, your sleep, your recovery, chances are you're going to get to a point to where you start eating more because you can't rely on those hunger, hunger signals because you haven't fully let them recover um, back at maintenance for a long enough period of time. And everybody's going to be a little bit different how long you need to continue to track at maintenance after the deficit before you can start eating intuitively. And so again, it's a very individual basis and it just comes down to how long you've tracked in the past, where all your biofeedback is at, where you're at mentally, um, that's going to dictate your success over the long term. And even that, even when you get to a point to where you're eating in, intuitively, for myself, once every maybe month to two months, I'll take a day or two and just track at where I'm eating. That doesn't mean like I set specific numbers and say, okay, I'm going to hit these numbers today. I just track what I'm eating normally throughout a day to make sure that one, I'm still getting in enough protein each day. Two, my calories are roughly where I was estimating that they were at. And three, just to make sure that that I'm still on point with things. I don't want to let things get too out of control for too long of a period of time to where I end up putting on unwanted body fat or I end up in a deficit when I don't want to be in a deficit. And that comes down to, to weighing yourself consistently every single day. Even when I'm not tracking food, I still weigh myself five to six times per week just so that I can see that trend and intuitively I can adjust with my nutrition a little bit along the way to make sure I'm maintaining. But again, even when you're doing that and you're eating in intuitively, you probably get to a point where you maybe get a new goal like, okay, I really want to focus on building up some muscle or maybe I want to get a little bit leaner now. I still have a little bit of body fat on me that I feel like I could get rid of. Um, maybe I'm going to go back into a deficit. And still even at this point, for me, I've tracked for 10 years at this point in my life. If I go into a deficit, I still track calories consistently while in that deficit to get to that goal that I have for myself. And that means weekdays, weekends, get very consistent with it. And so to be able to do that, you have to make sure that you're in a spot mentally to get back to tracking, right? This is why fat loss shouldn't always be the goal. And you have to make sure other stressors in your life are in a good place to be able to get back to it. If you're having relationship stress, if you're having kid stress, if you're having work stress or a lot of new things coming into your life that are all stressors, then you're in a point where, okay, does it make sense to add this extra stress of a caloric deficit and getting back to having to track my food intake tediously all the time? So my point there is just to be very conscious of when it makes sense for you to get more diligent and go push for specific goals in your life. It doesn't mean you can't, like your life has to be absolute zen to go through a fat loss phase. But if you have a lot of stresses going on in your body that have you in a position to where you're just stressed out more often, you have a lot on your plate, it might not be the best time for you to be focusing on trying to drop body fat, but more of a better time for you to focus just on maintenance to relieve some of that stress to get to a point to where you can start that additional stress of going into a deficit. But long story short, when it comes to when you should stop tracking at maintenance, the, the correct answer to give you is it depends because it's so individual to the person and where biofeedback markers are coming back, where your experience level is with tracking, um, how long your last deficit was. But typically I would say after the deficit and your backup tracking, continuing to track at your maintenance level of calories, Regardless, I would make sure that you at least give yourself probably at least two months of continuing to track your intake at maintenance before trying to eat in an intuitive manner. And again, make sure you're making sure that biofeedback is all in a really good spot to be able to do that. But I would say that that could be all the way up to six months, 10 months, 12 months, even longer at maintenance to make sure that all of that is restored, depending on your experience level in the long term as well. I remember when I very first started eating intuitively. I had been tracking religiously for 
man, it was probably like four or five years before I started using that intuitive approach during my maintenance phases. So again, it's very independent on the individual, but use your biofeedback markers as guides, making sure that your hunger signals are in a really good place, making sure you're very comfortable eating at a maintenance level. You've been tracking at your maintenance level for at least two months um, and then using your biofeedback from there. So hope this helps. All right, question numero dos. Where do you see loss and lifting headed? I see you brought on a coach and wondered how that works. Yeah, so we did just bring on our first coach that is going to work with clients alongside me. And honestly, what's really cool is this brand and loss and lifting as a whole and the company is actually turning into a company and a brand on its own. I don't want it to just be revolved around Chaz. And honestly, it's at a point to where if I want to continue to grow it and to be able to help more people and create a bigger reach, I have to be okay with it, not just being about me anymore. Because that's how it's been for the last few years. The only other team member that I've had for the last, well, I guess really the last maybe six to nine months is I hired an assistant who helps me with a lot of the back-end stuff that you guys don't see. Shout out to Emma if you're listening to this or Cody who is Emma's husband who works with me um, on his training and nutrition as well. But but yeah, Emma's been in the background helping me for the last while just in terms of all of the back-end stuff with managing clients and payments and leads and setting up my schedule and things like that. And I got to a point to where my client roster has gotten pretty full. And I know I'm at a point that if I want to continue to be able to help people, I can't personally help everybody at the same time or else I end up getting burnt out and I'll end up giving less of a service to each client that I work with. And that's not something I'm willing to sacrifice. I could always just take on a hundred clients and send them just real quick responses every single week to their check-in, send them real quick responses to their um, questions that they have for me throughout the week, not allow them to be able to book a monthly phone call, to be able to hop on and actually chat and get to know them and really help them in their situation. That's not what feels good to me. I'm not in this to just create or make as much money as possible. If that was the case, then I would just continue to take on clients myself and just make my service less valuable or less, um, less helpful and less connective. But that's not the kind of coach that I am. I really wanna make sure that each person that comes into the Lost and Lifting brand and wants to work under our systems um, and work with Lost and Lifting coaches is getting a top of the line service. You don't just know your coach, but you become friends with your coach. They mentor you. They're there to answer your questions for you in depth. And then your weekly check-ins, they're there to go through your check-in with you through a Loom video that can last anywhere from five to 10 minutes, breaking down your check-in and why your weigh-ins are, are doing this and why your hunger levels are here and why your stress is here and how we can, what we can do in the upcoming week to auto-correct some of that and make adjustments and make sure that you're not plateauing and reaching the goals that you have through connection, not through just a quick adjustment. This is what we're doing. Go on, have a great week. Talk to you soon. But really being able to connect and really being able to help clients on a deeper level just that other than just macros or just prescribing a workout program. And so 
that comes down to continuing to build. So we brought on Alex, who has a ton of knowledge. Honestly, I've been extremely impressed with him. He's smarter than I am in some cases. I'll go to him and ask him questions about, he specializes in female health. And so he's gone through a ton of certifications. He's um, gone to schooling for all of this, getting degrees. He's just in a place where he's worked with a lot of ladies. He really understands female hormones. He really understands female fat loss and the mindset um, for females because he's worked with so many of them that I knew that he would be a perfect fit and I know that he bases his coaching philosophy off of connection first and education second and that's exactly what I was looking for. And so it was a no-brainer to bring him on and now that we've got him working with a decent amount of clients, they're all seeing really good results and um, he's starting to build up a clientele. It'll probably get to a point to where potentially we need to bring on another coach and then we potentially need to bring on another coach. Um, so that's honestly where I see loss and lifting headed. It's, it's turning into something that's not just me anymore. I'm working with the amount of people that I feel comfortable with um, to be able to still give a top tier service and really be able to connect with clients and not just see them as a client, but actually see them as a mentee and somebody that I can really help and shape their lives and help them build the correct mindset that's going to lead to a a better body. And that's where this whole thing starts, right? Your mind, transforming your mind and improving there, your thoughts, your actions, that's what ends up improving your body over the long term. And if you can't correlate to that to people and you're only giving them select macros with a workout program with no connection, your success rate goes down by a lot. And you see big, huge companies that have a huge success rate that charge very minimal for coaching. But what you got to realize is they're getting hundreds of clients through every single month and they're maybe getting five to 10 success stories on the back end of that, that they're showing on social media that makes it look like they help all these people, but really they're just playing the law of numbers. And so I'm not willing to sacrifice that in lost and lifting. And I don't want to push people away either. So for me, it's really about finding other coaches that are founded in the same values as I am when it comes to coaching, which again is connection first helping people learn how to con how to manage their emotions better and then education second. They're both very important, but without that connection and without that education around learning how to manage your emotions on a better in a better spot, then it's just a lot harder for the macros and the training to work. And so loss and lifting is growing and we're continuing to take on more and more people. But I, honestly, I'm not the type of guy that looks out like three to five years and say, this is my three to five year plan because I don't know exactly what that is. And I know next year it's going to be different than what my vision is this year. And so my whole goal is to remain persistent, to continue giving as much of an effort towards lost and lifting every single day that I can and seeing where that takes me. And that's all that I've been doing really for the last four or five years since I started the company. And now it's getting to a point to where it's growing and it's turning into something that I had envisioned back then. Is it exactly what I envisioned? No, I didn't think that I'd be bringing coaches on. I didn't think that I would be having an assistant that helps me as well. I always just envisioned having like eh, 40 or 50 clients and, and living well and enjoying. And, and I got to that point and I just, I don't know, it didn't fulfill me as much as I thought that it would. Not that I, I don't enjoy what I'm doing. But I'm not the type of person that can just get to a place and feel good and be fulfilled by that and be able to stay there. I like to grow. 
I like to get to the next level. Once I got to where I thought I wanted the company to ultimately be with a full roster and working with them, I thought that I would just be happy. But once I got there, I realized that I have to keep pursuing and growing in some sort of way. So for me to do that, I can't continue on on my own. I need to start building a team out of coaches that really know what they're doing, that really are founded in the same principles as me so that we can keep the direction and the message of the company the exact same. But again, it's just bigger than Chaz. It's everybody together. And so you have maybe seen, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen that I changed actually the Lost and Lifting username handle to Chaz Spackman because what the, the brand has always been and the handle on that IG has been has been about me and my family and my thoughts. And it's got the brand message in there as well because I'm a part of the brand, right? But it's a lot more personal stuff. And now as I'm building out the brand um, and the company where we're going to have a team and it's more about all of us and, and the message and how we help people and not just about me, I figured it was time to make a separate page for Lost and Lifting that was much more about the clients, about the team, um, about our message and about what we do. So we made a new page for that. That's the Lost and Lifting page now. And we switched the old page that was labeled Lost and Lifting to Chaz Spackman because that's going to continue to be the same sort of content. Um, so down below, there will be a link to that new Lost and Lifting Instagram page. If you're, all, if you're already following it before, then that page that you were following is now Chaz Spackman. You guys should go down and follow the new Lost and Lifting page as well. I'll make sure to link that down below. There is an underscore on it. At the moment, it's Lost and Lifting underscore just because when I switched the Lost and Lifting page to Chaz Spackman, it takes 14 days before you can take Lost and Lifting. So I'm saying this, please nobody go take the regular loss and lifting at 14 days. I've got the timer on so I can go change it exactly when I need to. But but anyway, there's an underscore on that right now. So if you're listening to this podcast in the future and you're at a point or and you go click on it and there's that underscore, just know that it's lost and lifting without the underscore um, after this 14-day period is up. So something to keep in mind if the link's not working and you're trying to use it. But but yeah, that's where I see it going. Like I don't have a direct answer for you on where the business is going, but I can tell you what I've done and where I've gotten and, and where I see it going in the next year is really just to continue building on what we're doing and continue to really refine our coaching service, really make sure that our coaching service is connection based so that each client that comes in has a really good um, client to coach relationships where they really get to know that coach. The coach really gets to know them and they can help them on a deeper level, more of an emotional level than just a training and a nutrition level. Because when we start helping people on more of that mindset and emotional level, that's what allows you to be more consistent with your training and nutrition. And I'll always believe that. And that will be the message that I always push. And if I have coaches come in that don't follow that same message, then it will be a short-term relationship because I won't sacrifice the quality of what we do just to get bigger either. So it's really about finding that fine line and walking that straight rope of finding people that really align with me and my vision and my thought process and my way of coaching, my art of coaching and keeping them. And if I try to build it just around helping more people without that core message there, it'll fall apart in the long run. So it will be a slow build, but nonetheless, we will continue to build and we will continue to get to get to bigger places than we are now, which honestly really excites me because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I love to build things. I built the gym in Preston 
um, in my, my hometown and absolutely loved it. But the gym got to a point to where we're in that small town and to continue growing the gym, we're kind of at this sticking point to where we're kind of capped out for the size of the market. If I want to continue growing, I have to either go out and try and franchise this thing and put more gyms in other locations, um, or just be okay with where it's at. We were at a point where it didn't really make a lot of sense during like COVID and everything to try to continue building up more gyms in other places just because of the state of the industry at the moment and the state of the world. And so I decided it would be best for me to, um, give that one up. I built it to where I felt like it could get and where it made sense. And then I moved on and now I'm working on lost and lifting and I'm going to build lost and lifting as big as I can. Lost and lifting won't ever be one that I, I dump because it has a, it has a much greater growth potential. If that makes sense, being able to reach market that is the entire world compared to a market of 12 to 15,000 people in my hometown is very, very different. So yeah, I know I'm rambling on a little bit, but that's, that's my vision is just consistent growth, but not letting that growth come at the expense of the core message of lost and lifting. All right, moving on to the last question of the episode. What if I'm in a deficit, but I am extremely hungry all the time? I don't want to eat more because I have more fat I want to lose, and that will bring me out of the deficit. Very, very common issue that a lot of people run into. And more often than not, when I see people in this issue, it's because you are eating far too little of calories and trying to create progress far too quickly. A lot of times we underestimate how strong our metabolisms really are, or we haven't taken the time to build up our metabolism to a point to where we can diet on a little bit higher calories to create more sustainable results in the long term. And so if you're eating 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 calories per day and absolutely starving yourself and, and really feel like you're struggling to stay consistent, I would argue that you're probably eating too little amounts of food. Now, that doesn't mean that nobody should eat 1,200, 1,100 calories. I see trainers and coaches always say nobody should be eating 1,200 calories. And for the most part, yes, the majority of people should not be eating that low of calories, but there are the select people who are maybe getting ready for a bodybuilding show, maybe getting ready for a photo shoot, maybe only weigh 95 to 100 pounds and and still have some body fat on their frame because it's relative to their height and things like that. So I'll never say absolute, you should never eat a select amount of calories because everybody's in select in different um, situations, but still the majority of people, no, you should not. If you're eating 1200 calories and you are starving, then you're in a position to where you probably shouldn't try to be eating 1,200 calories to create the result that you want in the long run. So my first suggestion would be to try to increase calories by 150, 200, maybe 250. Wherever you got that select number of calories that you're supposed to be eating to be in a deficit, I would challenge that. I would try to eat a little bit more for a couple weeks, see if you can be more consistent. That might drop your stress down a little bit. That'll help with your adherence, and maybe you'll continue to lose. Maybe you're not losing at quite as quick of a rate, but as long as you're within that 0.5 to 1% of total body weight loss per week, you're in a really good spot. And if you're losing more than that, well, then that's going to come with a lot more hunger because that deficit is so big, if that makes sense. But let's say that you are aiming for around 0.5 to 1% of total body weight loss per week. You're losing at that rate, but your hunger is out of control. Well, in this situation, there's a couple of things 
that I would look at um, that doesn't just mean slightly increasing calories to try to continue making progress. What I would look at first is making sure that you are making higher volume, lower calorically dense food choices more often because the longer that you diet, right, the little bit hungrier that you're going to get over time. And you can absolutely eat in a deficit, but if you're eating hamburgers and and calorically dense foods that aren't high in volume, you're going to be more hungry more often because you're not eating satiating foods that are going to keep you full for longer, which are fibrous carb sources um, like whole grains, um, fruits, vegetables, baked salads with lean proteins and low calorie dressings, things that have a lot of volume to them for minimal calories. Like if you look at a cheeseburger that's 500 calories, just a little fast food cheeseburger compared to a salad that's 500 calories, that's maybe like a huge bowl of a salad compared to that cheeseburger with lean protein on that salad that's going to have slower digesting um, protein in it, which is going to help keep you fuller, plus just all the volume from um, the vegetables, the, the lettuce, that's going to fill you up for a whole lot longer. Now, it might not taste as good, but it's going to be much more filling, which is going to keep you satisfied for a much longer period of time. And so that's the first place that I would look. I would make sure that you're making the majority of your food choices higher volume, lower in calorie, and you're making sure that each meal that you eat has at least 25 to 30 grams of protein in it. Because like I mentioned, when you're eating protein more often, protein first off is slower digesting. So it's going to keep you fuller, feeling satiated, more full for a longer period of time. But plus, um, what protein does also that's really cool is that it takes more energy in your body to digest protein than it does carbs or fats, meaning that you're going to have a little bit of a faster metabolism automatically just by eating more protein, which is going to help with fat loss. But that's not necessarily the case of why I'm telling you to do that now. If you're extremely hungry, I'm telling you to do that now because it's just going to be much more satiating. A lot of times when I'm working with clients and they're telling me that they're overly hungry, I look at their breakfast and maybe they had a little bit of oatmeal. I look at their their snack before lunch and maybe they had um, an apple and then I look at their their lunch and they get like 20 grams of protein. Well, they haven't been giving them a, a consistent protein feeding each and every day or each and every meal, excuse me, that's going to help slow down that digestive process and they're just intaking some carbs, which are digesting pretty quickly and you're still remaining hungry over time, right? But if you're including slower digesting protein in every single meal, that's going to keep you more satiated throughout the entire day. So making sure you're getting a good amount of protein in every single meal, 25, 30 grams or so, as well as making sure you're making higher volume, lower calorie food choices. But let's say that you're doing all of that as well. Let's say that you're on point. You're, you're extremely hungry. You're eating higher volume, lower calorie foods, and you're getting a good amount of protein in, in each of your meals each and every day. But your hunger is still at a point to where it's extreme and you're not sure how much longer you can go. This is where biofeedback is getting negative. It's probably time to come out of the deficit for a little while. doesn't mean that you have to come out of the deficit and reverse diet and go through an entire maintenance phase that's going to last three to six months if you still have more fat that you want to lose. But it does mean that I would take a diet break. I would just bring calories up by roughly 300 to 500 from where you're at now to get you closer to a maintenance level and just allow you to sit there for anywhere from, it could be as short as a three-day period for a weekend, or it could be as long as a two-week to four-week period just to allow those hunger hormones to calm down a little bit, to, um, to regulate, to bring you back to a better place where you're able to be at homeostasis 
um, just to help with those hunger hormones. And then I would try and drop you back into that diet. And then if we drop you back into that diet after taking that deficit or that diet break for a little bit of time, and now you're back in the deficit and all of that extreme, extreme hunger comes back really quickly. Well, then it probably means that you need to take a longer phase and go through a longer maintenance phase. That's going to last longer than a two to four week period. Or you just need to go through a building phase to where you put more of a focus on building muscle maybe in just a slight caloric surplus to where you're lean gaining to really build up your metabolism, to put more muscle mass on your frame so that the next time you come back into a diet in the future, you've built a stronger metabolism. You have more lean muscle on your body, which is going to allow you to be able to diet down on a higher amount of calories. And this is something that a lot of people miss, especially a lot of, a lot of women that I work with that are around like 110 to 130 pounds. They're trying to diet down, but they're at a point to where their metabolisms just aren't strong enough to be able to diet down without being on pretty low calories. And so this is where we'll take them through a building phase for anywhere from a two to six month period and really focus on just building muscle. Not saying that you're going to get big and bulky. You're just going to help fill out a little bit. We can build up your glutes. We can build up your legs. We can build up your shoulders to keep your curves. By no means are you going to have like look like a, a meant bodybuilder by any time by any means, but you will start to look better and um, just build more lean muscle definition, which is going to allow you to have a stronger metabolism so that as we come back to try to drop body fat in the future, you're going to be in a position to where you can eat more calories. It'll be much more sustainable for you to actually stay consistent in that deficit without all that extreme hunger. So that is what I would look at. First, I would look to increase your calories just a little bit, maybe 100, 200, see if that helps. Um, And then make sure you're looking at higher volume, lower calorie foods for the majority of your meals. Make sure you're getting in at least 25 to 30 grams of protein per meal. And then if none of that's working, I would go through a diet break and then come back into the deficit. If the diet break doesn't work for you, then you're in a position to where you should probably take even a longer period to go through an actual building phase to build a stronger metabolism, to be able to come back and go through a deficit on a little bit higher calories to make the whole thing more sustainable for you. So with that, That's all we're going to do today. I like to keep these episodes down to roughly 30 minutes. This one's a little bit over that because I went ranting as you guys started asking about the business and I love talking about that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I really do appreciate you guys down below is always linked the macro starter kit. So if you're just trying to get started with your nutrition, if you're trying to understand how many calories you should be eating, if you're trying to understand macros and where your protein levels should be and how to set up your carbs and fats, or if you're just looking for some meal ideas in terms of higher volume, higher protein, lower calorie foods, there's a bunch of um, options for that with simple recipes in there for you. So I'd highly suggest you go down and download the macro starter kit because it will be a good starting point for you. And then you can start to build up your foundation and make adjustments off of that to get you to where you want to be. So like I said, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon.